There's always something that we're figuring out or learning as we, as we make these things. What does it take to grow from a small art studio to a multi-million dollar design company? That's the question we ask ourselves on the new docu-series, The Company. Today, we're sharing the creative process of our newest series, Flood. How I know when I've nailed something. Okay, there's this moment, right, where we take the plastic off of it or whatever, we finally reveal the piece out of the mold. The piece becomes its own thing outside of you as the maker. So I, so it's sort of like it transcends you, but those moments become addictive. And so you, 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 you try to do it over and over and over. I seek it out, right? I'm like, okay, this is really beautiful. This is conceptually strong, has all these components. And then I'm like, well, can I do it again? 2015, I went to Patagonia, got really inspired and I think the, the, the sort of the big piece that came out of it is the piece behind me, the drift mirror, which to me is a basically a topographical view of a landscape or of glaciers that kind of look like glaciers sort of breaking over water. So the mirror is treated as, as water. I started to think, well, how can I sort of evolve the drift mirror? And out of that came this idea called flood. And as the glaciers start to melt, the waters start to rise, which is something that's going to really be affecting humanity in the next 10 to 15 years. Through the sort of drift idea, I, I, I took the landscape idea and said, okay, well, let's, let's continue to use the mirror as water, as the sort of flat plane of water. And then let's sculpt the sort of mountains that become the landscape, similar to drift, just kind of zoomed in. And then let's pour resin to make it look like water starting to just flood into the land. The resin adds a whole nother level of complexity as well because of the set time, because of the color choice. Everything has to happen very quickly. Can't get any uh, dust or anything into the cast. So at that point also, <laughs> You have to wonder if that resin that's soaking onto the, the glass, if that's going to heat up too much and bend or crack or something. So there's always something that we're figuring out or learning as we, as we make these things. Getting the color just right is very hard because it takes so little pigment. And so what, what, you, what Ian's doing is he's making these tiny little cups of different color concentrate there's A and B side of the resin. You have to create your color with A before you add part B, which is gonna make it catalyze. But you have to imagine that it's going to be half of the color of A. So you're, you're, you're trying to create the concentrate, add just the right amount of pigment, get the color just right, then add B, quickly take all of the air out so that, cause there's gonna get a lot of bubbles in there. This is when the, this is when the clock starts to run because you got nine minutes until that stuff will not be able to be pourable. We gotta throw it into a vacuum chamber. We're getting all of the, we're getting all the air out of the resin. If those bubbles don't pull out of there, basically you're going to get a piece of cast resin that has a bunch of little like molecule looking things inside. Not good. So we like to extract all of that air from it, make it pure water so it looks like pure clear water. Air bubbles come out, pop the lid, run over to the piece, 
Start pouring the peas gingerly because you don't want to pour it too much and spill resin on top of them uh, in the wrong part of the mirror and then we can't correct it so we start pouring it really slowly remember the time is click the time is going because you only got a nine minute pot life pour 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 hand it over to another person pour the other side as the resin is poured we're trying to get the last bits of the air bubbles out with a heat gun all the meanwhile you have the mold tilted up <laughs> there's multiple people around so that you can pass the bucket all of this is happening around the same time. I'm there orchestrating. I'm like, pour more here, or do this, or do that. <laughs> then it's poured. <laughs> and then we immediately drape the plastic over, lock it down, throw another piece of plastic over, and then I have to be patient for the next 24 hours, which is really hard. <laughs> that was on a Friday. Then Saturday, because I knew it was cured, I was like, hey, Let's go and uh, let's go check it out. When, when I think that a piece has this possibility of being really special, I will, I can't wait to see it. I rush in on Saturday and peel back the plastic and I see this thing. And actually, it's funny because I feel like I get a little bit emotional about when I see a good piece. Because after a while, you, you realize that it gets harder and harder to make great pieces or new things. It gets harder. And so when you do another one, right, there's this moment like we pull the, the plastic off and, and you, I feel a sense of relief in a lot of ways. I think to myself, like, okay, like creativity, although it's, it's difficult, if you keep at it, it, it can persist, it can grow. And after a while you feel like, ah, I may not be able, it may not grow anymore. And then it does one more time and you're like, fuck, all right. Then you have this object and you have to basically then figure out how you're gonna sell it. Because it's not just enough to make the beautiful thing. It's gonna take a whole lot of steps to just get this thing onto another person's wall. I know, that was fun. You see the emphasis I did? <laughs> I'm a natural. <laughs> Is it recording? <laughs>